Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like Remember the Titans, John. It really is. Sean Payton's like Denzel Washington. He's Coach Boone in Remember the Titans. He's, he's going to coach the offense. And he's going to let Coach Yost run the defense. And if Coach Boone has to start worrying about the defense midseason, we got problems. You know what I mean? We got problems because Sean Payton is the guy that says, Dennis Allen, do your thing on defense. Greg Williams, you run the defense. Rob Ryan, Steve Spagnolo, like he usually has that kind of established guy on defense. And then he handles things on the offensive side and everything else, the game operation or whatever. So is Vance Joseph that guy? Maybe. How you feel in Broncos country about Joe Lombardi and Vance Joseph as your coordinators entering the 2023 season? We have opinions that we'll share here coming up. Also takes on Draymond Jones, possibly hitting free agency. That and plenty more coming up next. But first and foremost, welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here along with John Heath. It's the Broncos Wire podcast powered by the USA Today Network. John, happy anniversary. We're speaking, isn't it one year to the day since the Seahawks agreed to trade Russell Wilson to Denver, right? So (laughs) one year ago today, we were all doing backflips in our underwear, basically. So uh, happy happy, anniversary. Happy anniversary to all those who celebrate, which is not many people. (laughs) Who's celebrating this? John, how you doing, man? It's been a little while. I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. Uh, We're just on the eve of, well, not on the literal eve, but on the Next week, we're getting free agency ready to go, and there's going to be a lot a lot of coming and going, I think, for the Broncos. Not just people they could bring in, but I think we're going to see some departures. And there's always – fans forget, like, re-signing your own in-house free agents. That's part of free agency, and, and there's some big, important pieces uh, just because you don't sign a bunch of guys from other teams. If you're re-signing your own in-house important guys, like, that's a big part of free agency too. So all that's getting ready to come up next week, so I'm excited to get that going. Yeah, for sure. We have some thoughts on Draymond Jones, who was not uh, franchise tagged at the deadline here this week on Tuesday. So he's a now a flight risk. I know fans feel a certain way about that, John. We'll cover that one coming up. But we have not hit on uh, Sean Payton finally, finally <laughs> settling on his offensive and defensive coordinators for the 2023 season. We've got old friend Vance Joseph on defense. We've got Joe Lombardi on offense. Uh, so, John, let's just start right here. Here on the field, from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. And here he is, having the time of his life. <laughs> just an all-timer, John. Just an all-timer, right? Uh, but give me your leadoff thoughts on the return of Vance Joseph to Denver. I feel bad saying this, Ryan, because we've talked before the podcast, and this was the word you used, but it sums it up perfectly for me. My overall thought is just underwhelmed. It's an underwhelming hire for the Broncos. And I I don't want to, you know, not give him a chance before he even starts. So I, I'm not like devastated about it. I'm not like angry about it. But I just, when 
there's the chance of Vic Fangio coming back. And that would have been weird too, because Fangio was just the head coach yes. like two seasons ago. So that would have been kind of weird, but at least with Fangio, he has a solid, solid defensive coordinator resume. Like, yeah, as a head coach, just like Vance Joseph as a head coach, he did not work out, but his defensive coordinator resume is really solid. And then they had an in-house guy, Ijero Ivero. He did an excellent job. He's a young up and coming coach. And, you know, if they keep him for another season and then he left next year, they would have gotten a comp pick for him. That wouldn't something like that. uh, I don't think it's going to happen with Vance Joseph. And, you know, they were linked to guys like Mike Zimmer and then even uh, Rex Ryan, like he was out of the NFL for a couple of years. So that would have been weird. I don't know if that would have worked, but at least he's a name. So like there's some excitement with his name and from an entertainment perspective, from a covering the team perspective, like I don't know if after being a couple years out of the NFL, if he would have been a good defensive coordinator, but I know he would have been entertaining and I know he would have, no doubt. you know, said funny things during the press. So th- these different names that were options for the Broncos as a defensive coordinator, and then who they land on is Vance Joseph. It's just kind of underwhelming. And, and again, like it goes to the resume. Like when he was a defensive coordinator before he came to Denver, it was just kind of so-so. And then when he's been in Arizona these last few years, like the numbers aren't that good. Last year they had like the 32nd or excuse me, the 31st, second to worst ranked scoring defense in the NFL. And Sean Payton actually said that he was impressed with some of the stuff that he was able to do in Arizona, basically implying that Arizona was such a mess and it wasn't Vance Joseph's fault. And he just kind of worked with what he had to work with. And maybe that's true. And I do think that the Broncos have some really good pieces in place on defense, maybe so much so that, you know, like it, it matters who the defensive coordinator is, but maybe not as much as we think it does, or at least from Sean Payton's perspective, maybe that's the way he's looking at it. I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I want to give him a chance. I think some fans are angry about it in large part because of how bad he did as a head coach. And I get it as a head coach, he was awful, but it's the same with like Vic Fangio. You can't discount. You can't say because he was an awful head coach, he's not going to be a good defense corner. Like I want to give him a shot in Denver. And like I said, his resume hasn't been great thus far, but if Sean Payton is right, and that's because what he had to work with in Arizona, he's going to have a lot better pieces to work with in Denver, at least in theory, at least like we hope so. So I, I, want to give him a chance i want to see how it goes but yeah compared to some of the other guys it's an underwhelming hire yeah i agree with that i agree with that a lot um you know it's not just it's not just that it's vance joseph coming back because i think at the end in the end of the day john he'll probably end up being fine in the role like you just said right um it would take like major incompetence to screw up what denver has been building on defense the last few years i don't think joseph is quite as incompetent of some sectors of Broncos country seem to at this point. So I think, you know, in all likelihood, he'll, he'll probably be fine, but yeah, it's underwhelming. It's underwhelming Uh, because I don't know. So let's talk about this for a minute, right? Peyton comes out and very publicly Vic Fangio's his guy. He's the guy that's linked to Peyton from before he was even hired by Denver. He's the number one guy. They're trying to get Vic to come back (laughs) twisting his arm. You know, I think I read in a few different spots twisting Fangio's arm when shouldn't they have been twisting Evero's arm? Like, wasn't he the guy to twist? Uh, like, who would you trust more, Vance Joseph or Ejiro Evero, right? Because Fangio was never coming back to Denver. We joked about it, John. Like, that would have been ridiculous. Like, he's not coming back. <laughs> like, we could all like pretty much 
Uh, we could pretty much just guarantee that Fangio was not coming back to Denver like two years after he was fired from from his job. Like he's not coming back. So shouldn't they have gone in and said, Ijiro Ivaro, number one guy, rising, you know, coach, probably a future head coach candidate in the league. What do you want? More money? You want to be the assistant head coach? Like, I don't know, twist his arm instead of twisting Vic's arm when Vic was never coming back in the first place, John. So I think number one, that was a screw up, right? Why are we twisting Vic's arm when we should have been twisting Ivaro's arm? Like, who would you trust more, Vance Joseph or Ijiro Ivaro? Like, that we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd be stoked if Ivaro was a defensive coordinator. So I think... I think that's number one for me, right? That's that's number one. They twisted the wrong guy's arm. I understand what you're saying, but I think they probably were twisting Ivero's arm. I think they wanted him to stay. And I, I, just connecting the dots a little bit, he was really good friends with Nathaniel Hackett. When they fired Nathaniel Hackett, they wanted him to be the interim coach. And kind of like out of respect to Hackett, he wouldn't become the interim head coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of had his mind made up like, you know what, I'm just going to make a lateral if I don't become a head coach because he was a head coach candidate for every team that had an opening. And I think he probably just had his mind up. If I don't become a head coach, I'm just going to go somewhere else as a defense coordinator and be a fresh start because last year with my buddy, that was a disaster. And maybe he doesn't necessarily hold anything against the Broncos. It would just kind of be weird and awkward and just I think I think he wanted to leave. I think the Broncos would have kept him. I I think I don't know this, but I think uh, Peyton was twisting Vic Fangio's arm after Ivero had already left, and then it was like okay. And he wanted Vic Fangio, but Peyton talked a lot at his press conference at the NFL Combine. He showed up early to it. He stayed late when the PR person was like, uh, okay, a few more questions for the coach. Peyton was like, oh no, we got a lot more questions to get to. Like he, <laughs> he likes to hear to himself talk. talk. Yep, he likes and to he hear himself talk. All about this. He said in the offseason, him and Vic Fangio, or not even in the offseason, during this past season, him and Fangio were talking about, you know, in this coming season, maybe they could team up together as a head coach and defensive corner. So I think that was kind of the plan in the back of their mind. And then when Peyton ended up going to Denver, it was kind of like, nah, maybe that wouldn't really work with Fangio to go back there. And we already have this good in-house DC. And then they lose the good in-house DC. And Peyton's like, hey, Vic, 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 come on, come on. Can I twist your arm and get you to come back? And he just couldn't get him to do it. But like I said, Peyton talking, it's great for us. Like, I, I love to have the content and I love, like, his personality. Like, it's, a lot of it is funny and stuff. But sometimes I'm like, maybe Peyton's talking a little bit too much. Like, you just hired Vance Joseph as your defensive coordinator. And then at the NFL Combine, you're talking about how much you wanted Vic Fangio and how, even to the extent <laughs> you were trying to twist his arm to come back and he wouldn't do it. Oh, and by the way, Vance Joseph is our defensive coordinator. That, like, I appreciate, especially again, like I said, from a media perspective, I appreciate how much he talks, but I think sometimes maybe he's talking a little bit too much. Oh, just wait till he starts tweeting too during the season. <laughs> I mean, this is Sean Payton. This is, he's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so that, that might be true. And and so maybe it was Evero's call. I think that's, so that's very, very possible, John. I think the timeline could easily match up there. I, I'm with you. I, that was devastating to my take, but that's fine. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Man, he must really love Hackett. That must really be his boy if he'd want to leave for Carolina. Like, Carolina? Like, that team is freaking in rebuilding mode well, over there. He, he you know took I mean? a bunch of Denver's defensive coaches with him. So yeah. I think, if nothing else, and their defense last year was good. They have they have some good pieces on defense. That's true. And he's got some good coaches. So I think if they get, like, quarterbacks sorted out, which 
that sounds familiar. Like, I think the Panthers can take a step forward, and I don't think the defense is going to be their problem. So I can get it being an attractive position for him. Yeah, they did spend some pretty good draft capital to Carolina did on defense recently, too. So, okay, I'm with you. So let's move on from this. Um, so Evero is out. He was always out. So Vic Fangio is your number one choice. That doesn't work out, right? So we're now like we're left with Vance Joseph, who, as you said, you know, his defenses have kind of trended down in Arizona the, over the last few years. Uh, Rex Ryan, who uh, he hasn't been out of football even for a couple of years, John. It's been since 2016, I believe. He hasn't coached <laughs> since 2016. That's a while ago. Uh, he's been in the studio dropping hot takes on ESPN. I, I don't know. Like, has he been watching film? Would he be a real candidate to be the defensive coordinator? I don't know. Uh, so you got Rex Ryan, Vance Joseph, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, trust me, as a Patriots fan, you don't want him anywhere near your football yeah, team. <laughs> yeah, keep Patricia away from my football team. Um, and that includes Denver. So, I mean, unless it ended up being, there's a couple other guys that were linked to the job. John, Brian Flores, Mike Zimmer, a couple names. I would have loved Flores. Flores, too. That one was, that was the name. I'm like, ooh, I'd like it. Uh, I don't know. If it was one of those, even Zimmer, I think I'd be okay. I think I'd be more excited. Uh, but I don't know when it ends up being Vance Joseph and, and I'd say the same commentary if it was Rex Ryan, believe me, I know he's a big name. He'd be funny, but I'd be up here. I'd be crushing them because I'd be like, he's been out of football since 2016 people. He's been dropping hot takes on ESPN with Mike Greenberg on the get up program, right? Like, come on, like, can he coach? I don't know. Like it's been a while. It wasn't like a one year hiatus like Sean Payton had. So I don't know if it was him or even one of these other guys, Matt Patricia, I'd be ripping it. So it's not just Vance Joseph. Again, I think he'll in all likelihood, he'll be fine. Uh, But I just it's it's underwhelming, right? I I don't blame Broncos country for feeling underwhelmed. This this is what it is. It's not Vance's fault. It's just underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought maybe Rex Ryan could have been like a senior defensive assistant or consultant or something yeah, like like yep. Vic Fangio kind of had a situation like that with the Eagles last year, but they haven't added Rex Ryan yet. I don't know if they might. But yeah, I agree. It was weird with how long he's been out of the NFL. The one nice thing with uh, well, I mean, it's not really that much of a nice thing. It's just, it's just kind of a, a funny factoid that may or may not be irrelevant. He's the second head coach that was fired by the Broncos and later returned to them as their defensive coordinator. The The last one, the only other one that did that was Wade Phillips. He he had a two-year run in Denver as head coach, and it didn't go well, just like Vance Joseph has a two-year run. He got fired, and Wade Phillips, it was many years later, he came back as a defensive coordinator, and their defense dominated under him, and they won Super Bowl 50. So that doesn't mean it's going to happen with Vance Joseph, but at least the fact that it's happened in the past, maybe that will give fans a little bit of, uh, make it a little bit easier to accept. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos defense is going to suck. And if if they do start sucking up, I'm going to be worried about the team. And I'll tell you why here coming up, but give me your take on Joe Lombardi. He is the offensive coordinator. Um, I don't, not everybody's super excited about this either, John, but I know from our chats before the podcast here that you don't really have an issue with this. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm fine with him. I, I think some people also view him as kind of an underwhelming hire, but to me, offensive coordinator, honestly, like it didn't matter that much to me because Sean Payton is the head coach, but he's running the offense. He's calling plays on the offense. He's, he's kind of like an offensive coordinator head coach. So whoever his offensive coordinator is, and in particular, when it ends up being Joe Lombardi, he's kind of like a QB's coach. And with Lombardi, even more so because he was a quarterback's coach twice 
under Peyton with the Saints. He had two different stints with them, and Drew Brees had a ton of success with him. And he spent the last two years as an offensive coordinator with the Chargers, and Justin Herbert put up really nice numbers. This year, they were down a little bit compared to the year prior, and some people blamed Lombardi for that and said he held uh, uh, Justin Herbert back a little bit. I don't know if he did or not. I just know that he's worked with Sean Payton in the past, I think he has a good resume as a QB's coach, and he's going to be the offensive coordinator in Denver. But with Sean Payton running the offense, I don't view him as like a true, true offensive coordinator. Like I said, I think in reality, I think he's going to be working with Russell Wilson a lot. I think he's going to be a resource for Sean Payton, but I think the offense is Sean Payton's show. So I don't think this was a hire. Like I would have loved for them to get a flashy hire for defensive coordinator, like a Vic Fangio, even though it would have been awkward for him to come back. That would have been flashy. Like a Brian Flores, that would have been flashy, an impressive defensive resume. I really wanted that for defense. They didn't really get it. But I, I didn't feel they needed that on offense. I On offense, I thought it – it and like maybe I'm downplaying it too much, but I really thought offensive coordinator. It didn't really matter too much. You could plug someone in there because it's Sean Payton's operation. No, we're we're aligned on this one too. Like um, Lombardi's a Payton guy, right? They worked together in New Orleans. He worked with Drew Brees, right? Um, so he was helping Drew Brees put together a Hall of Fame career and all that over in New Orleans. And it's like, what's more important? Getting a splashy name as the offensive coordinator, a big name offensive guru, an up and coming guy. Or a guy who Peyton trusts and has familiarity with because he's going to be holding the play sheet and calling all the plays, right? What's more important? Probably the latter. Um, But yeah, it's the defense. It's the defense that worries me more than the offense, I guess, um, because I trust Sean Peyton to run the offense and pick his guys on that side of the ball. I just, you know, I, I think having that guy on the defensive side that you don't have to worry about, like a Vic Fangio. Um, yeah. would you just feel a little bit more comfortable again? I don't think Vance Joseph is going to screw it up. I'm not saying that. I just think you'd feel more comfortable going in if you had a bigger name guy, a guy with a bet, maybe a better track record there. Cause it's like, it's like, remember the Titans, John, it really is. Sean Payton's like Denzel Washington. He's coach Boone and remember the Titans. He's, he's going to coach the offense and he's going to let coach Yost run the defense. And if coach Boone has to start worrying about the defense mid season, we got problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got problems because Sean Payton is the guy that says, Dennis Allen, do your thing on defense. Greg Williams, you run the defense. Rob Ryan, Steve Spagnolo, like he usually has that kind of established guy on defense, and then he handles things on the offensive side and everything else, the game operation or whatever. So is Vance Joseph that guy? Maybe, maybe, maybe he ends up being that guy. Maybe Sean Payton, you know, thinks that it's going to be a good partnership, but, uh, it was the offense that was horrible last year. It's that's not going anywhere but up, right? The defense is the part that has a chance to go down. And that, that I will say that gives me a little bit of worry. And and I wouldn't uh, begrudge Broncos fans for feeling the same way. Yeah, yeah. We're we're in total agreement on it. It it's underwhelming, but we're willing to give it a chance. And we just hope that the defense doesn't regress a whole lot. Cause there was also fear when Vic Fangio left that the defense could take a step back. And I don't think it really did. In some ways, I think the defense was better after Fangio left. So that doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean that's going to happen again but I think there's just there's reason to be optimistic that the defense is still going to be good they got a lot of good pit pieces and they they did keep a couple in-house defensive coaches so uh, they got uh Marcus Dixon is the defensive line coach Christian Parker is a fantastic secondary coach I think at some point he's going to be a defensive coordinator candidate somewhere in the NFL and I wouldn't mind if in a couple of years, if he's drawing interest from other teams or if like Vance Joseph done some work out, 
I would like to give him a look as a defensive coordinator. And actually, I think he even did interview for defensive coordinator this time around. So they they still have some good in-house defensive coaches. I think the defense will be all right. We don't need to belabor it over and over. It is kind of underwhelming, but we'll see how it goes. we got to give it a chance to play out. 100%. So we teased this, John. Speaking of the defense, uh, the Broncos decided um, not to franchise tag Draymond Jones. So he's going to hit the open market. And uh, that is worrying the fan base because he is a, a a good player, a player we'd like to see stick around, John. And also there's not much behind him. Right? Like you, you tell me, is Jonathan Harris ready to come in and, and, no. and be the guy? Like, so if you lose that player, you got to replace him. Um, and if you're signing a big name player at his position, defensive end, you're probably paying a lot of money like Draymond Jones is going to command right on the open market. So this is becoming um, an interesting situation. You really never know what's going to happen come Monday when Adam Schefter gets out his 10 cell phones and starts breaking all the news, right? Because this is what the NFL does before the, in the tampering window. Five minutes after the window opens. Oh yeah. None of that was worked (laughs) on before. All the drafted tweets Adam Schefter has, he's ready to click send on them all. And that's, you know, we'll see if one of them includes Draymond Jones's name, right? We don't know. So this becomes uh, an interesting situation. This is one we're going to be honing in on uh, come Monday, right, John? Yeah, and and like you said, it comes down to if you're not going to keep Draymond Jones, what's the fallback plan? Because the Broncos, they have two picks high in the third round, but it's not until the third round. You are not going to get a Draymond Jones in the third round that can immediately come in and have the impact that he had. I don't believe so, at least. And then in free agency, like you said, if you're signing a, a guy that is a Draymond Jones quality defensive lineman, why not just re-sign him? So if, if they lose him, there's going to be a hole in the defensive line. And it's going to be hard to replace. And maybe they can you know, get more of a budget defensive lineman and just try to maximize the salary cap and like maybe take a little bit of a fall, a little bit of drop off in your talent at one of the defensive end spots. But you use that extra cap space to you know, beef up you know, somewhere else and, and just hope that it evens out. I I don't know. I think a lot of people want them to franchise tag him because it gives you some security. It gives you a longer window. You have until July 15th to try to get a long-term extension. Now, if he, like you said, agrees to terms with somebody on Monday, he's gone and you, and you don't have any fallback with a franchise tag. You could have done a sign and trade or something. I, I don't really know why they wouldn't want to tag him because it gives them some security. And the tag for a defensive end is like 19.73 million. So that's a lot, but it's only one year. And I don't know if they thought like if we tag him and we can't reach a one-year extension, we have to pay him 19 million this year. And we just can't risk that possibility because we don't want to, you know, have 19 million going to a defensive end when we have limited cap space, we're trying to create more cap space. I don't know. I'm not positive why they didn't tag him, but I think it's, it's, if they want to keep him, it's extremely risky that they didn't because there's talk that, and I don't know how accurate this is. There's always stuff before free agency that ends up being wrong. So this may be wrong, might be right. I don't know, but there's talk that he could approach 20 million a year on the open market. Like, and if a team offers them 20 million a year, I can't see the Broncos matching that, especially if they wouldn't have done a franchise tag for just below that. Like if, if the Broncos are willing to pay 20 million a year, I think they would have tagged him and tried to get a long-term extension done. The fact that they didn't tag him and the fact that he's already let it out through media outlets that he plans to test free agency. So he's, we know he's not going to sign an extension with the Broncos for Monday 
because he wants to go into free agency, see what other teams will offer him, and then his agent can go back to the Broncos and they can decide if they want to match that offer or not. I, I'm kind of thinking that he's going to get an offer they can't match in free agency. And like I said, that's a big hole they're going to have to fill. And like you said, who's behind him? Not really anyone. And their other defensive end, or one of them at least last year, was Deshaun Williams, and he's also a free agent. So I think if they do lose Jones, to me – it's got to be a priority to re-sign Deshaun Williams because he's going to be way, way cheaper. He's much older than Jones. He's he's maybe not quite as productive, but he's very solid. He's a starting quality defensive end, and he would be basically a budget signing, especially in comparison to what Jones gets. So I'd like to sign Deshaun Williams regardless, but especially if they lose Jones, they've got to re-sign Deshaun Williams. And then maybe in free agency, they can sign another kind of like a budget defensive end and then in the draft, you can draft someone to kind of groom and develop to hopefully eventually become Draymond Jones. Because Draymond himself, he didn't start his first season either. So it's not like you have to draft someone that right away is going to be as good as him. But you do got to have some kind of fallback plan. I, I think for a day one starter, I think you look for that in free agency. And then to build depth and develop guys, I think you go into the draft. And that's, again, assuming they're going to lose him in free agency. It's not guaranteed. I just think it seems like it's trending that way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how you know Denver's master plan with not tagging him plays out. I mean, maybe as you said, John, they're looking to go cheaper there, and they're going to pour the bigger money into the offensive line or something. You know, that's kind of been my my thing with Sean Payton coming in. I think protecting the quarterback, building that wall in front of yep. the quarterback is something he did for for Drew Brees, and it worked wonders. And I just feel like that maybe that's where their focus is going to be. We'll see. We'll see the master plan come together. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see with Draymond Jones. There is a there is a comp pick coming in 2024, right? If he leaves, is that potentially? Right? Yeah, okay. hopefully. Like it, basically, you can't spend more than you lose in free agency this year. It, like if they sign someone to a contract similar to what Jones get, they obviously wouldn't get a comp pick. But like I said, if they're going to give someone a big huge deal, you'd imagine they'd give it to Jones himself. So most likely, they would get a third round comp pick next year. It's not guaranteed, but I think it's probably probable. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Math is not my strong suit. This is why we have John Heath here to explain things to us when it comes to the comp pick formula. Uh, Another key position of need here, John, is uh, running back because we have Javante Williams coming back, uh, working his way back from the knee injury, but it was a bad knee injury, right? We're not sure how healthy he's going to be at the start of training camp. Will he be ready to go early in the season? Who knows? And behind him, there is... um, Is there anyone on the depth chart at running back? (laughs) Latavius Murray... (laughs) Who's uh you know an old Sean Payton guy with the Saints? So maybe you know uh, Mike Boone, Marlon Mack. I know Chase Edmonds is under contract uh, for now. So it's like I don't know. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shedding any tears if any of these guys weren't back and the Broncos completely start over at running back and either attack that in the draft or attack that uh, in free agency. There's actually a lot of guys in free agency. I I hope they get creative. Like I don't know. Like hopefully Sean Payton doesn't go and get his boy Mark Ingram, who's getting kind of old in the long in the tooth. There, Mark Ingram. You know, yeah, that's Latavis his boy. Murray is the new Mark Ingram. Okay, there it is. There it is. Yeah, and I know Murray was he was okay last year, but he was you know what we'd expect from a Latavius Murray. But there are there are names um, on the running back market, right? That's a you know I mean if you're going to, if you're a team that's looking for a, a wide receiver, uh, the wide the free agent pool this year not that deep, but running back it's pretty deep. Even with Saquon Barkley getting tagged and Josh Jacobs, it's still very deep. I don't think, know if the Broncos need a top of the you know upper echelon guy. They're not going to want to pay $10 million a year for a running back, right? But um, there are plenty of names on uh, the free agent list that could be intriguing. 
or they could draft a guy, John, but what, what's your gut? Like what, what would be the best case scenario for running back? What's Denver going to do? Yeah. Like you mentioned Latavius Murray, he's played with Sean Payton and Sean Payton, every chance he gets, it seems like he's been hyping up Latavius Murray. So to me, that seems like he'd like to re-sign him to a one year budget kind of a deal. And then Murray, like you said, last year, maybe he wants it fantastic, but he was solid and he could get the job done. So worst case scenario, say Javante Williams not ready early in the season, Latavius Murray, maybe he's not splashy, but he can get the job done. So I bet they're going to try to re-sign him. Mike Boone, I think they're going to let walk because he's had so many injuries. Marlon Mack showed some flashes, but I think they'll let him walk. And then Chase Edmonds, for what he is at this point in his career, his contract is way too big. So I think they're going to go to him and say, hey, restructure down to this or we're going to have to cut you. And it, then it's up to him. I, I think if he restructures, I could see him coming back because he's been a decent receiving back in the NFL before. And Sean Payton likes to have a guy like that on the roster. So I think Edmonds is possible. I think Murray's possible. But I still think even if those two come back, I don't think that gives them their one, two, three, because I'm not counting on Javante Williams. And they said at the combine that they think Javante Williams is going to be ready in week one. I think that is super optimistic. I think it's unrealistic. I think it may even be a smokescreen. Because J.K. Dobbins had a very similar injury two years ago. And then this past season, when he was coming back from it, he missed like half the season. And that it doesn't mean the exact same thing is going to happen to Javante Williams because every injury is different. Every recovery is different. But I, I just don't think they can be confident and be counting on Javante Williams really for any of this year. If, he, if he's available for like half the season or three-fourths of the season, great. But I think you have to go into this year saying, okay, you know, we need somebody that is our fallback starter. Latavius Murray could be that. And then you want a a good number two rotational guy, which I don't think they have. And then you can have like your third down receiving back, which could be Chase Edmonds. So assuming they do that, say they re-sign Latavius Murray to a one-year deal, say they redo Edmonds' contract, then you need your number two. I, I'd like like a bruiser or an all-purpose kind of a guy who if, say, Williams isn't ready, Murray's like kind of your workhorse, who's your number two behind him? I I don't want them to make a splash. Like you said, Josh Jacobs and uh, Saquon Barkley, they both got tagged. So both of those guys were off the market. But there was talk about you know the Broncos signing one of them. I wouldn't have wanted that at all because, I like you said, the offensive line – if we're going to spend money, I say spend it on the offensive line. You don't spend, even like Josh Jacobs in theory is in the prime of his career, but it's his second contract. Like I don't want to give running backs second contract. There's just case after case of running backs getting paid a lot and then they blow out their knee or something because it, it's such a tough physical position. Running backs just they're productive. Their production typically dips and dips and dips the later they get in their career, and it's just not financially a good idea to give them big contracts so i don't want them to splash on a free agent uh running back i i want them to draft someone even if they draft a running back in the third round i'm not going to be mad at that especially if they like patch up the offensive line in free agency Uh, i because drafting a running back you get four years of him you get a very team-friendly rookie contract and then you know if he develops well then you're you've got a, a real competent guy for the next four years, if nothing else, a rotational guy with Javante Williams. So I would much rather um, draft a running back than sign one. If they sign like 
you know, if Kareem Hunt ends up not being that expensive because he's not getting a little bit older, I know the Denver's new running back coach, he coached Kareem Hunt and David Montgomery in college. So if those guys, if they end up not having that much of a market, because I think NFL teams as a whole have kind of stopped paying running backs big contracts. If there's not much of a market for someone like that and they can get him at like at a relative budget price, I guess it wouldn't be the end of the world. I just didn't want those top of the line running backs that are going to command the big contracts. I just don't think that's something you do. I would much rather draft one. Yep. I'm with you. You can find very serviceable uh, running backs in the fourth, fifth round. Nowadays, teams do that all the time. You might as well just draft one a year almost, but Kareem Hunt would be, he'd be an interesting guy. Uh, Really good player. I'm not sure if he's a really good person, John, but he's a good, really good player, a really good player. Uh, and he's used to kind of being a side, you know, a, a one-two punch with Nick Chubb. So, you know, that could be a fit. He catches the football. Uh, so we know Sean Payton loves backs that can catch the football. I mean, look at Alvin Kamara over in New Orleans exactly, again. Yeah. Really good football player. Not sure he's a great guy, but a good football <laughs> player. Um, so we'll see how that works. But yeah, I think I think going in the in the draft is a fine strategy. Um, you know, we'll we'll have more draft talk here coming up in in the latter weeks, heading into April. Uh, a couple more coach, uh, coach questions for you, John, to circle back there. Denver hired Davis Webb as the quarterback's coach and Chris Banjo as a special teams assistant. Uh, tell me why you think that's really a, a fun story. It's interesting because both of them literally were playing in the NFL last fall. They, <laughs> they, crazy. they retired immediately. The Broncos hired them as coaches and uh, I just think that's kind of cool, and I didn't realize this because I wasn't paying close attention to the Saints, but Sean Payton did this a couple times with the Saints, including the guy that was just hired as the Broncos' new offensive line coach. He retired. Sean Payton made him an assistant offensive line coach with the Saints. Um, The Broncos' outside linebackers coach, he he played linebacker in the NFL for like seven years. Then after he retired – Sean Payton made him, I forget what assistant position was, but he's done this before where shortly after a player retires, he brings them on as an assistant coach and they get to work their way up. And like Davis Webb and Chris Banjo, Davis Webb's going to be the QB's coach and Chris Banjo is going to be an assistant special teams coach. And, you know, fans look at it and say, well, we don't know if they're going to be any good at all because they have no experience. Uh, From my perspective, I'm trusting Sean Payton that he knows what he's doing and he knows these guys because he has a track record. Like I just said, he's done this before in New Orleans. So I trust that he knows what he's doing. He's picking the right players who just, because there are players all the times that people talk about and they say, Oh, when he retires, he's going to be a coach. And I assume these are two guys that are just like, like Davis Webb, apparently I think it was two years ago or maybe just last year, maybe he was a backup with the bills and the bills wanted him to retire and be their quarterbacks coach. And he didn't want to do that because he wanted to keep playing one more season. And so he went to New York and he was back up with the giants and maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it once in Daniel Jones had a career year with Davis Webb in the quarterback room. And, and before that, yeah, Earlier in his career, Davis Webb was with the Giants, and Eli Manning apparently had great things to say with him. And when he was in Buffalo, Josh Allen apparently really loved him, and that was part of the reason why the Bills wanted him to be a QB's coach. So it's it's a unique thing to immediately retire and then right away be hired as a coach. But these guys come with high recommendations, and Peyton has done this before, and it's worked out well. It doesn't guarantee it will work this time, 
but I'm trusting Peyton that he knows what he's doing with this. I, I, I think it's kind of a cool story. It is fun. It is fun. So Sean Payton, Mike Lombardi, Davis Webb, right? Um, yep. Did I get that? Did I say the right Lombardi? I know there's a couple of them. Joe Lombardi. My bad. Joe Lombardi. Sean Payton, Joe Lombardi, and Davis Webb. Davis Webb, they are going to fix Russell Wilson, right, John? That's that's where we're going to speak <laughs> that. In. We're going to speak that into the universe, and we're also going to say, and Javante Williams is going to come back 100% healthy, ready to roll week one. That's where we're also speaking that into it into existence. And the offense is going to be, be much better. Uh, so, so that's what we got. That's there. the safest of what you just said. The offense being much better, I think that's the safest bet. Yeah. Again, there's it can only go one direction. It, can, it really <laughs> yeah. can't get any worse than it was last year. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how you guys attack this coming week on Broncos wire, John, right? I mean, is it just, you, you get up early on Monday, you have a nice breakfast and then get ready to, uh, just devour all of the Adam Schefter tweets because <laughs> that's what <laughs> happens. And you know, he's not the only one, but these guys get the information early and often, and they just, nobody's waiting till the league year officially starts on Wednesday people, right? We yeah. all know that all the information comes out Monday and Tuesday, Usually it's on Twitter and very, I mean, oh, I guess we saw with Randy Gregory, sometimes they could flip and it could change, but usually the reports we get on Monday and early Tuesday stick and that's what yeah. actually happens. But how do you guys attack this next week? What can people be uh, looking forward to on the site? Yeah, I try to do a lot of prep work or at least some prep work to make it easier on Monday and, and leading up to Monday, like all this week and on Sunday and even Monday, the morning of Monday, we're going to have a bunch of lists, like, you know, 10 right tackles. The Broncos should consider in free agency, you know, uh, you know, couple running backs, the budget running backs, the Broncos should consider. free agency. So we're going to have all kinds of lists of people we want the Broncos to get. And then I've also been working on drafts like on Draymond Jones, a little bio of Draymond Jones' career. So if the Broncos resign him or someone else resign him, I, and Adam Schefter tweets it like you say, I've got a post ready to go. I just put on a, a headline, you know, report Draymond Jones signs with so and so. Put an intro in the post, and then I have the rest of the body written. So I'm getting some key players for the Broncos. I'm getting their bios written up, and we'll have like a free agency tracker. We'll have listed every single in-house free agent for the Broncos. And then as they re-sign or as they go, we'll update the tracker and include a link to the story of, you know, they re-signed with the Broncos or they left and went here. So we'll have a tracker tracking all their in-house guys. We'll have a tracker signing all the outside uh, signings. And then in addition to signing guys, this is a time when the new league year starts, trades can officially start happening too. And the Broncos, they might be more likely to make trades like on draft day and during the draft. But I think with only having five picks, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make some trades. And, you know, there's been talk about Garrett Bowles and the Broncos denied that. They said they're not going to trade him. There's been talk about Cortland Sutton and just like connecting the dots. You could see Ronald Darby. He kind of has become a surplus cornerback for them. He's got a, a big set. Well, a relatively large cap hit, like another team could afford to take it but the Broncos want to be saving cap space. So if you have other good corners and he's expendable, in theory, you could trade him, get another pick or maybe like two picks and save cap space. So I think there might be some trades going on. There's definitely going to be, I think, some in-house signings of guys they want to bring back. And there's definitely going to be in-house guys going to other teams. So there's there's a lot we're going to be tracking. We'll have and, you know, a big old list tracker, like I said. And then as every individual thing comes up, we're going to be getting posts up on them. 
Yeah. So as people know who listen to the podcast, John, it's um, Broncos Wire is the place to be on a day like this. Monday is just, it's such a fun day. It's one of my favorite uh, days on the NFL calendar. I mean, it's just, it's just wild. This, this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this first wave of free agency. It's just, it's so fun to see which players are changing teams. Um, sometimes it's not so fun, right? When one of your favorite players leaves, but um, it's just, it's great theater. The NFL, they do it right now. I know, John, you, as you said, you're drafting some stories, getting prepared. Adam Schefter's already drafted all his tweets. He already has yeah. information. He's not really waiting till Monday. He's already drafting these tweets. He's just ready. He's just waiting to click go on them. Uh, so um, it's going to be a lot of fun. But man, hey, it was great to be back on here. Uh, it, it feels like we just got dropped right back into the regular season, man. I'm fired up. Uh, it's on to 2023, man. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. Bring on free agency. May <laughs> the you know may the Broncos get a solid right tackle, excellent interior offensive lineman, and not lose too much. And if Draymond Jones goes, I, like I said, re-sign uh, his counterpart at defensive end and then get like a budget signing and then in the draft get us another defensive lineman. But like you said, we'll get to the draft. We got free agency coming up, and there's going to be a lot of happening. So as you said, check out Broncos Wire in, in the coming days, especially on Monday and and that whole week coming up, the first week of free agency is usually pretty big. So Broncos Wire will have it all covered. Uh, 100%. Can't wait to break it all down. For John Heath, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us on the pod. As always, we'll talk to you next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.